Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with about authentic goals versus adopted goals. Ben Osterveld, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks, John. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Vancouver, Canada. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And, you know, we're, we're going to have a really nice conversation today, how we establish goals and really authentic versus adopted goals, how we go about testing those goals, ultimately to drive success in life, success in our teams, success in organizations, uh, in our relationships, whatever, right? Uh, we, we talk about goals all the time. I think very few people are actually very good at setting and keeping and achieving goals. So we're going to unpack all that and try to awesome. figure out how we can do all of this better as leaders individually for our teams, etc. As we get started, I wanted to share Ben's bio with everybody. Ben Osterveld is an entrepreneur, speaker, and real estate professional. He's the founder of 20 new clients where he powerfully coaches, trains, and mentors real estate agents across Canada. As a high-powered and high-performing real estate agent himself, he trains his clients in unique, high-impact marketing strategies that are geared to blow the client's minds. In his first two years as a real estate agent, he earned $1 million in commissions and is committed to supporting his clients in going from workers to business owners with his philosophy of business from within, focused on the man or woman behind the strategy. I love all of that. What a tremendous background. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your personal context before we dive on into the conversation? Oh, I think that's good. I think uh, they'll uh, figure it out as we go. I think that's cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. So as we dive on in, why don't we frame up first from your conception, how do you think about goals generally? Um, And then, and then what is the difference between an adopted goal or an authentic goal? So right out of the, right out of the gate, I think goals have way too much pressure on them, way too much. I think that we have people like David Goggins who are, who are amazing human beings. And then we set our standards to some guy that can do a billion push-ups, and we think, oh, wow, I just need to set more goals. And the guys are like, get up at 4.45 in the morning and crush every second, maximize every second. And, I, and I'm an A-type. I'm a high-performance guy. I've been caught in this. And, uh, and it's just this insanity of never enough. So what I've realized is that that's not a happy journey. Like you only can be happy when you hit that goal. So something's wrong with that system. I believe in goals, but I like setting targets versus goals. 
is I like a target because I think we don't have the exact path on anything. So I'm okay to test, try, test, try, adjust. That's how Netflix showed up. They tested a thousand websites and found one that worked. They, they changed, they tested, they fail fast. So how do we set our perfectly planned goals? It's just massive pressure. I think we're meant to be more fluid. That's my quick shot on, on goals. Yeah, well, I actually, I completely agree. I'm, I'm a big believer in goals and I like the idea of smart goals. Uh, I think there's a lot that we can gain from that kind of an approach, those sorts of frameworks. Um, but I know for me personally, uh, I, I tend the same way as you, you know, in terms of uh, focusing on continual output and performance and achieving and such, it becomes a never ending, you know, uh, hamster wheel of you're just chasing yourself and you're never, never getting, you never arrive and it's not satisfying. Yeah. And so no. at some point, I don't know what, what clicked, but I had this realization that, you know, go goals are good. And especially if, if I'm someone who's struggling to kind of wrap my arms around my life and trying to, you know, figure myself out, you know, yeah. being more structured and having frameworks is helpful. But as you start to, to learn how to, to be your best self, um, targets is a much better approach. And, and like you said, flexibility is key. So you, we can lock ourselves into a goal that for a time makes sense, but if, if we're not willing to pivot and to adjust and to iterate with our goals, yeah. Uh, then, then we're going to lock ourselves into stuff that's actually not meaningful, fulfilling, or helping you accomplish what you want to accomplish. Uh, a lot of times, goals can actually derail us from fulfilling our potential if we're not careful. Huge. More people get uh, it's negative to most people. To be honest, it's mostly negative. It's what I find. Um, so no, but uh, when I'm when I'm working, I work with a lot of real estate agents, teams, uh, you know, broker owners, and things. And obviously, goals is a massive thing. It's I find it really funny, John, that. Every single January, you see every single uh, company in, in my world, it's brokerages, right? These are like the Remaxes, the Royal LePage, EXPs, all these guys, they have one topic, let's set our goals. And it's almost like they don't even think about it. They just, and here's how we do it. How much money do you want to make? And let's break it down. So in 12 months, what activities do you need to do? What activities daily do you need to do? What actually, and let's measure these out. But do you know what's funny? You go take these seminars, right? And they're good, but there's a huge flaw. A huge mother freaking flaw. They don't actually challenge how much money do you want to make? Why? Why the frick do you need a million dollars? So, <laughs> so when, when I sit with someone and they're like, Ben, I, I need some help. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I said, but I only work with people willing to look at the inner, inner game. It literally won't work with anybody else, to be honest, because it's a waste of time. But the thing is, when you're setting a goal, I, I say, why do you need 50 transactions? Why do you need to have this level of income? And they usually have a dumb looking face at that point. Like, uh, because they haven't even asked themselves, what do I want? What the frick do I want? And then how much does that cost? Now we establish the goal setting. We forget the part going. So when I when someone says I want to make a million dollars, I said, Hey, awesome. I can hundred percent help you with that. Done it before, no problem. But here's the problem: what are you gonna spend your million on? I just want to know, break it down. And I challenge the crap out of their goals because then they're like, oh, I said, what is the life that you want? And usually it's a quarter million, okay? Usually two to 300 grand gets these people the exact life. So they spend how many years chasing the million and they don't get what they want at the end and then they die? Not cool, not cool. So we need yeah. to challenge that. 
<laughs> yeah, understanding our why is is foundational, right, to everything we do. And it's certainly, if we're if we're choosing to set goals, we need to understand our why. Uh, why I actually wrote I, I wrote an article years ago, and I kind of every now and then I resurface it. And, and the title of the article was something to the effect of uh, making unsmart goals. <laughs> and I, you know, I was just challenging because I, I think smart goals are actually useful for a lot of people, but, um, oh, great. yeah, <laughs> but you know, like a lot of the things that matter are hard to measure. And a lot of things that are easy to measure just don't matter. And so that ever true, you know, so we, we end up chasing our tail for all these things so we can check the box and say, we hit the metric or whatever. And yeah. ultimately it just, it doesn't connect with our why. And so ultimately our goal is bad. No, obviously that's not what we're saying. Um, but it's, it's the foundation and the reasoning behind the goals and how we establish the goals, which really does matter. Uh, and so let's, let's then pull apart then what's the difference uh, between this idea of adopted goals versus authentic goals. I, I think for some people, this may be the first time they're really thinking of it that way. You know what? I followed the path. I was number one in every single place. I sold two and a half million dollars of office furniture when I became a real estate investor. And I did, I bought 41 properties with investors in 14 months from rookie. And then I became rookie of the year as a real estate agent. I built one of the top national teams and I sold that real estate business. I, I coached like, so performance wise, I'm there. Okay. By the way, I didn't do much goal setting all the way through just FYI. But the thing is, the thing is though, here's the problem. Okay. We grow up in a world and psychology is when you grow up, your parents are trying to teach you the right way. The problem is the one missing question as a child is what do you want, Jonathan? What do you want? And it's not, it's like, no, no, no. You need to get a job. You need to get married. Like you think of cultures, you got to get married. You can't leave the house till you're married. Then you've got, I got a, another guy I coached, uh, Asian fellow. He's, he lied to his parents that he got his engineering degree. And then he went and started a business, but he had to lie to his parents and they still think he finished the school. And so we've got, we've been told in Canada and in the States that owning a house is better than renting. We've been told like you start tearing down your beliefs. What the hell's your beliefs? So what do we actually want is not even a question that we get asked. You know why people have no clue how to answer that question. What do you want? A simple question. And so this is, this is the thing. And what I found is the difference between authentic goals and, and, and uh, non-authentic goals is a lot of times it's the origin story. And a lot of times we're doing it for someone else or doing it because we're trying to architect ourselves into a certain human instead of be ourselves. And, and I hear this all the time. So I'll give you a quick example in, in, in one of my, I have the real estate reboot camp. And I put these first things they do is called setting your compass. It's not even a real estate training. Like half the stuff I do is, is mindset, clarity, and self-awareness work. So I ask them, I say, tell me your financial goals. And they're like, okay, we want to make a half million dollars. Cool. Give me exactly how your day is going to look. And, and, and then what they say is really fascinating because they're like, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have a tea. I'll work out, maybe do a deal or two. But I, so what they're actually getting, John, is they're looking for emotional fixes and they think the finances are going to help them get the less worry. But worry is not a financial, that's the wrong medicine. That's an inner game. That's called self-acceptance. That's called being in line with who you are, speaking your mind, not, be, like, not being a perfectionist, not being like all these other things need to be worked out. So the unauthentic goal is, is where you think you want to be according to something you've been told. The authentic goal is usually emotional. It gets, so what we're actually looking for, John, is to be loved. Like if you actually break it right down, 
And that's something I realized when my wife said, I'm divorcing you. I made more money that year than I ever had. I sat down, I came home and my wife sits me down and says, I'm done. I'm like, what do you mean you're done? I'm a good guy. I've been, I've been, I've been buying you flowers, taking you on trips. I pay for a beautiful home and a life. They're like, and all of these things, I did my job as a man to provide. And I did all these things. I'm doing well. And she goes, that's not what I wanted. And that was the day I realized, holy shit, I won the game so many years ago, but I was still playing as if it was overtime because I wasn't clear. I was chasing different goals to fix my emotional problems, which was insecurity. I couldn't like myself unless I'm number one, like all of my own internal things, perfectionism, all these different things that were haunting me as a human. I was trying to fix that and making it really admirable that I was doing it for my family. So that was the day things changed. My wife and I are very happily married now, but I made some serious changes and realized that my financial goals are not there to fix my emotional goals. And I think we need to start separating those things. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. I think we've all had those types of experiences where we find ourselves, we're so wrapped up in the moment, so wrapped up in just the trajectory that we're on, um, that we fail to see the drift away from what actually matters most. Uh, and, and to your point a few minutes ago, how many people just don't even know how to ask themselves that question or how to really self-reflect on what matters to me, what's important to me and why, what, what's my why, why do I want to do these things? What do I want to accomplish? What's the why behind it? I, I think so many people are just not used to that kind of uh, self inner work. They're not used to that kind of self-reflection. And because of that, uh, they're, they, are even a little bit fearful of asking the question uh, because they know the answer. They know that, what they're doing doesn't actually fit <laughs> with what they need or what they want and yeah. what they are told is important in society or in their family or whatever. And, and we find ourselves, you know, having gone down this path for, for years sometimes and realizing we, we don't like where we're at. And that's, I mean, that's why we, you know, midlife crisis is a thing, right? You don't actually have to be midlife to experience a midlife crisis, but this it's, it's essentially, it's usually a realization that you spent all this time, effort and energy uh, to accomplish what everyone told you was important only to realize it's not important. <laughs> and, and so that totally. can happen in a marriage that can happen in the workplace with our teams Partners, that can happen. Teams, totally. Exactly. It can happen in any context. And 
you know, it doesn't mean you're a terrible person. It just means you're human and you fell into the trap that so many other people fall into. So the question is like, how do we, how do we get out of that trap? How do we get out of the hamster wheel, the grind, the daily busyness and, and trying, trying to feel to, to deal with our insecurities, to feel important, to feel valued by those around us by constantly trying to achieve and tick the box and get the next gold star. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with achieving, but if, if we're achieving just so other people will look at us and say, oh, you're special, then, you know, we're, we're probably missing the boat. Uh, so how do we start to take a step back so we can recognize and realize what our actual authentic goals are? We're not just adopting, you know, the keep up with the Joneses. What does society tell us? What does our family tell us? Uh, you know, what, what are these ingrained norms that, that say, this is a good life, you do these things. For some people, yes, but for other people, no, th those things aren't going to actually bring fulfillment, meaning and purpose to your life. How do we do that? How do we help people break out of that? I think it's an emotional conversation. And I think one of the biggest tragedies in this world and self-sabotages that hurt teams and retention and all these things is that we don't understand how to feel bad. Okay. So this is emotional intelligence. When you feel bad, you avoid it. You run away from it. If you're angry, you're told as a kid, don't be angry. When you're sad, stop crying. We are so fucked up when it comes to the emotional intelligence on who we are. Wait, I'm not allowed to effing cry as a child? No, no, it's okay. I blew on your knee that you scraped. You're fine now. Be strong. This message is so deeply ingrained that we're not allowed to feel sad, feel depressed, feel angry. I think our emotional uh, intelligence is all around happiness. And so what we do is we try to make decisions. And the thing is, if it's going to make us feel bad, then we don't do it. And these are major problems. So emotional intelligence has to be number one. The next thing is to is test your goals. I'll give you, I'll give you one after this as well. So a guy named Coke and I coached his dream when he started with me, he goes, I want to, this is crazy. I'm sure you hear it with the executives that you, you speak to and stuff too. So I want to live six months of the year in a different country and all this. It, it's, I don't even know if that's even your goals. It's like, that's what they want. They have this idea and it sounds amazing. And I asked him, I said, okay, cool. My coaching says, how are you going to do it this second? At 1% of this dream that you have, you dream of going away for six months of the year, you're going to delay life until you can finally get there, which you probably never will, or let's do it now. So I run retreats. He joined me on a retreat, but he added an extra week with him and his wife to stay in the city. I was running the retreat. He, next coaching call, we jump on the coaching call and he says, I just realized, man, I don't want to be away from home that long. If he didn't test it at a 1%, of his goal, he would have been chasing the goal that wasn't his. So it's not even the, it's just the idea of it sounds so good. It sounds so good. And so we need to test these goals. And so this is one of the biggest things is to see, do you, is it even something? And then the third thing I'll just say, there's a guy that I coach, he owns a Royal LePage, very successful man, has a team, has, he's an executive. And he, and we started talking and went through my process, which is called setting your compass. And one of the questions that I ask, and, and your listeners can do this, what is one thing personally that you're withholding from yourself because it doesn't financially make sense? And his was singing lessons. He wanted to be a singer. You're talking about a very professional dude. Okay. You would never have guessed next thing you know, he hires, and this is where his life changed. He made a decision to stand alone, feel embarrassed and do those negative feelings so he could get his dream, which was to sing. He hired a singing coach 
And then that was the moment he had the catalyst happen. It clicked. He goes, holy shit, what else am I doing in my life? Because I'm scared. I don't want to feel embarrassed. Today, he hits karaoke. He sang at my retreat. Now, he lives three months of the year at his cabin now. His team has a deeper connection with him because he was not authentic to who he was. And when you're not authentic to who you are, you're hiding a piece of you. When you hide a piece of you, you're going to be misunderstood as not trustworthy because there's something you're hiding. He was hiding that he wanted to sing. But people misunderstand that and they can't connect with him. This thing is changing his entire life. So testing goals and then also where are you withholding something that's personal, whether it's freaking playing, you know, a sport, whether it's dancing, it's usually something in a creative element that doesn't make sense logically to your goals, but it becomes your fuel. I really like that. The, the fuel component, because do, do we sometimes have to do jobs that don't drive huge levels of meaning and fulfillment in our life? Yeah. I mean, you pay the like bills. Laundry. You, like, <laughs> yeah, well, certainly yeah. there's, there's tasks like the chores around the house. I hate doing yard work. I like having a nice yard. I hate doing yard work. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, you know, but, but even at work, like, you know, I, I, I'm a proponent of like chase your dreams and, and try to do work that's meaningful and fulfilling yeah. to you, but we still do stuff in our jobs. Even if we love our job, there's stuff that we have to do that sucks that nobody likes to do. And there's no shame in doing a job that you don't actually really like because you're trying to put food on the table, pay your rent, take care of your family. There's honor in that. And, and, and sometimes we're not in a life situation where we can chase a dream. Uh, and so I can honor that and I can recognize that as well. Um, it, it's not about all of that though. What you said, chasing your fuel, getting the fuel to drive you, I may not find huge amounts of meaning and purpose and fulfillment in my job. Maybe it's life stage. Maybe it's, I'm, I'm still getting my education or training to be able to do what I want to do. And in the meantime, I'm, you know, doing this work, whatever it is, whatever the situation is, you can find ways to be fueled, uh, that learn an instrument, learn to sing, go, you know, exercise. And, and there's all sorts of ways that we can refuel ourselves. We need to learn how to tap into that. And, and I really like the, the, uh, testing the goal, uh, suggestion because with your example of the, of the gentleman who wanted to, to travel six months out of the year, where did he get that idea that that would be amazing? I mean, he probably saw a movie or he read an article exactly. and he's like, someone else, someone else did yeah. this and it was amazing for them. So they were successful. So now I'm going to try to do the same thing. And then everyone's going to think I'm amazing and I'm successful. <laughs> and, and you go and travel for a week and you realize you don't want to travel that much. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's just an illustration of how many people are chasing the completely wrong thing. And, and you, you, you spin your wheels endlessly to try to find meaning and fulfillment in a, down a path that's never going to bring you meaning and fulfillment. Um, so as a leader, certainly I need to do this inner work myself so I can understand where I stand. And uh, I, I need to do this inner work so I can model for my people that it's important for them to do it as well. You I, I, well are articulated, identify the fact that if we're not authentic, we're not going to be able to develop meaningful relationships of mutual accountability and trust with our people because we're not being authentic. And everything about effective leadership and running an effective team is built upon trust. Uh, if we can't trust ourselves, how are our people going to trust us? Right. And so I don't know, there's so much there we can unpack further. If you think but, about teams, if you think about yeah. someone's running a team and what if we said culturally, if you're working in my business, we want to know exactly what your dream is. But what we want to do is get you to 1% of your dream. 
If that's part of your conversation, let's think about that. You're running a team meeting. What is your dream? Instead of saying we have, you know, being settling on, we have jobs we don't want to do because it's a ways to a means like working out, you know, you hurt your muscles and you grow like it's very good. But what if we just said you can have your dream, but you can have it at 1% right now. So instead of saying, hey, deal with it or, or it's going to suck, I'd say, no, you can have your dream today. What's 1% version of your dream? And as leaders and as, as, as CEOs, as COOs, as, 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 as owners of brokerages, why are we not committing our vision and culture to helping them get to 1% of their dream? You want to see what retention looks like? You get me to my dream, John? Me and you were buddies for a long time. But you can't get me to my big dream, but you can help me at my 1% dream. And you can facilitate as a leader and a team in your culture. It's like part of the culture. What's your 1% of your dream board? Let's get it this year. Oh, you want to take holidays? Great. Let's go. Let's get you booked away for a night at a hotel. As, a, as an owner, you can target who, what they want and get them to their dream. But only 1% is really doable. Changes your culture. Changes the thinking. And you'll actually have, uh, you'll have motivation. And you'll be fueling your teams and your staff but just focus on 1% and live the dream today. Don't delay. Ben, it has been a real pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in a few minutes, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, benostervel.com, B-E-N-O-O-S-T-E-R-V-E-L-D.com. That you'll find, you'll find a, a real estate training program that is completely mindset business systems focused everything in business is all about sales and getting more clients and i think that's overbuilt i think i think we don't understand how to keep our clients for 20 years and that takes emotional development mindset and amazing uh, systems that's my program it's called the real estate reboot camp now if your audience if they're not real estate agents i have i run mindset retreats so if there's a team if there's someone that wants to bring their team, I'd go three days and we go deep dive into who you are, what you want, and how the heck you're getting in your own way. And that's, uh, that's on the website as well. Next one's coming up is uh, in the fall, but I'll be doing one of those a year, maybe 10 or 15 people. That's a passion project for me. It's, uh, it's what we do. So that's, that's a place. Also, I have a book coming out. It's called The Richest Real Estate Agent, How to Build a Seven-Figure Business Without Sacrificing Relationships. That's going to be, you can get on my waiting list on my website. And I also have the podcast, The Richest Real Estate Agent. And uh, that's where it's mindset first real estate coaching. Wonderful. Thank you, Ben. It has been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, check out the podcast, check out the book, the retreat, all of the great things that Ben and his team are doing. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. 
Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.